Would you turn in your Bible, please, to John chapter 6, the sixth chapter of John, beginning with verse 22 and reading through verse 29. John chapter 6, beginning with verse 22. May we bow together in prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this time to study the Word of God. We're grateful for what we have experienced in this hour of worship and proclamation and testimony. We pray that now the Holy Spirit will take the Word and make it alive and quick and real to us. And may He do His work of conviction, drawing people to faith in Christ and Christians to a deeper walk of service. In Christ's name, amen. Reading from John chapter 6, beginning with verse 22. The day following, when the people who stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one into which his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Nevertheless, there came other boats from Tiberias near unto the place where they did eat bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took boats and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou here? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the food which perisheth, but for that, which, for that food or meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. The theme is verse 27. Labor not for that meat or food which perisheth, but for that food which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Today is Labor Sunday. Tomorrow is Labor Day. This observation and observance of Labor Day began five years after the Civil War in 1869, and always the first Monday after the first Sunday in the month of September is Labor Day. This is the day we recognize and honor the value of human labor. And we recognize with gratitude and appreciation those who labor with their hands, with their bodies, with their minds, recognizing that labor is honorable. And today we salute all within the sound of our voice who know how to labor with our hands. Indeed, the Bible says if we do not work we do not eat. Labor and work is honorable. Let no man think that he should try to get out of work or out of labor. The Bible puts a premium 
on those who are willing to work. But in this particular passage, Jesus is explaining the miracles that had occurred. In chapter 5, there was a man who had been at the pool of Siloam for 38 years, nobody to care, and then Jesus came and he healed the man. The first part of chapter 6, there were thousands of people who had come to hear Jesus teach. He was the great teacher, the great preacher. And as Jesus taught, all day long they listened. There was a magnitude about his personality. There was something about his word. He spoke with authority. And they listened. And they grew faint and hungry. And Jesus said to the disciples, have them sit down and let's feed them, recognizing their need physically. Well, the disciples said, well, we don't have any food. We don't have any money to get the food. And Jesus said, well, see what you can find. And there was a little lad there who offered to the Lord all that he had. And folks, God doesn't ask you to give him something you don't have. He asks you to give him what you have. And when we all give him what we have, not what somebody else has, but what we have to give, then his work will be taken care of. And the little lad gave what he had. Jesus took it and broke it and multiplied it, blessed it, and he fed all that multitude. After a while, night came. His disciples went on the other side of the sea. And Jesus wasn't with them. And in the late night, as they were on that Sea of Galilee, and some of you in this room have been on that sea, Jesus came walking on the water. Jesus, in verse 27, Labor not, Jesus said, for that food which perisheth, that meat which perisheth. You've come to me, you've seen all these miracles, uh, you, uh, you wanted all of this and, and you want some more miracles, in a little while they're going to say, show me a sign and so on. And, and Jesus said, uh, don't labor for that which perisheth. This reminds us of something that prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 55, verse 2. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. You see, Jesus had just fed the multitude. The people had wanted their hunger appeased. Uh, they thought their real need was physical, but Jesus looked beyond the physical and he said, your real need is spiritual. The need of everyone in the Glendale Baptist Church Auditorium today and those who listen by radio, your need is not physical. Your need is not to have more money in the bank. Your need is not to have finer food. We live in a time of affluency when we can eat almost anything we want to eat. Many of us can. And Jesus said, that's not your need. You can be so full that you gorge yourself and still you'll be hungry. We live in a time of promiscuity. 
promiscuousness in every realm and echelon of life as evidenced in our sexual patterns, in the terrible plight of unborn babies, millions being killed every year because men will not listen to what God says thou shalt not, and we use abortion as a plan of birth control. Shame on America. Tragedy. And Jesus said, your real need is not that. Your need goes deeper than all that. Labor not for that which perisheth, but for that which will endure unto everlasting life. What did Jesus mean? One day he met that woman at Samaritan well. He talked about the water that if you knew who it was that asked you a drink of water, you'd ask of me and I'd give you living water. And she said, sir, give me that living water. Jesus said, go call your husband. Oh, she said, I don't have a husband. That's right, you don't have a husband. You've had five of them. None of them satisfied you. The one you're living with now doesn't even satisfy you. You didn't even bother to marry him. And she perceived that he had something that she needed. And after a while, she left her water pots and went down to Sychar to those same men with whom she had sinned. And she said, come see a man that told me all things about me. This must be the Messiah. You see, she had a heart need. She had a hunger. She needed something she didn't have. Sometime later after the Lord was crucified and raised from the dead, <coughs> the disciples were in Jerusalem and they came to the temple and there was a lame man out there. And they, he was holding out, he said, alms, alms, alms. What he wanted was money, money. You ever seen beggars wanting money? And Peter and John turned to him and said, Sir, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have give we unto you. And boy, that's what that man needed. He didn't need money. He needed what God could give him. And beloved, that's what we need today. We need what God can give. We don't need money. Oh, we can use it. But that's not, that's not the prime need. We don't need human relationships. Oh, Yes, God made us in such a way that we have those needs, but God is the one we really need. And Jesus is saying, don't labor for that which perisheth. Charles Erdman, famous beloved preacher of a bygone day and Bible expositor, points up seven things that Jesus was teaching in this passage. And I want to give you those seven things, and I'll be through. Listen, first of all, Jesus was saying when he said, labor not for that which perisheth, he was saying the spiritual is more important than the physical. When interpreting the miracles, Jesus did not preach about labor or wages or industrial conditions. He talked about the need of the spiritual. He, found, he fed the multitude by the sea, but his real mission was to give his life for the life of the world that men might be saved. That's why he came. He did not come to feed 5,000 or 4,000 or to touch lame people. He did all that. No one can deny that. One of the problems with the modern charismatic movement is its focus on the physical, feelings, healings, and all of those things. And they have their place, but Jesus placed the major thrust on the spiritual. He said, man's need is deeper than the outside, it's on the inside. Secondly, 
Faith in Christ brings not only healing but nourishment. Jesus had given healing to that man in chapter 5 of John. He had healed him, touched him, and he was healed. But here he is sustaining the strong who have become weak through hunger. He said, I'm the bread of life. And he used this bread feeding the 5,000 to say, what you really need is not just an initial experience, but you need sustaining strength. And beloved, when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, He doesn't only begin a work of salvation in you. He doesn't just begin by forgiving you, writing your name in heaven, and then dropping you. He nourishes you day by day if you eat of Him and drink of Him and let Him be the summum bottom of your life. Thirdly, faith in Christ is not a luxury but a necessity. The people were given the simplest of food, but they would have fainted without it. Just bread. He didn't fix them ice cream and cake and steak and all those things. Just give them bread. They would have fainted without that simplest food. Without Christ, there is no real life here or hereafter. And Christ did not come just to help the moral outcasts. He did that. Christ did not come just to meet the needs and forgive those who were despicable in the world's sight. He does that. But Jesus came to meet the needs of those who are the most noble, those who are the purest, those who have not had any moral problems. Jesus meets those needs because the deepest need we have is deep within inside of us. Fourthly, faith centers in a person. Faith centers in a person. Notice that Jesus said, labor not for the food which perisheth, but for that which is endureth unto everlasting life. For, and then he later said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And the focus is on a person. We're not saved by adhering to a creed. I believe in God, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and I believe that this and this and this and this, and I believe all those things, and I sign my name to the bottom of it, and I say, therefore, I must be a Christian. Not in a thousand worlds. We're not saved by creeds. We're saved by a person. And it is only when we receive the person of Jesus Christ and we let Him come and live in our hearts. Peter was sinking He had been walking on the water. Nobody else had ever done that. And he looked down at the water and he realized what he was doing. And and his faith faltered a little bit. And he reached out and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out and lifted him. Peter didn't say, well, I believe in God the Father. And I believe in this and I believe in that. And I have all these creedal things. Peter just reached out and said, Jesus, I need you. And folks, that's what we need. That's the one we need. He's the one we need. And when we reach out by faith and receive Christ, and let him become real to us. That's what we need. Fifthly, faith is not compared to tasting or admiring, but it is compared with eating. Jesus said, if you do not eat the flesh of the Son of God, if you do not drink his blood, you have none of him. Now Jesus was not talking about being cannibalistic. If he had, the disciples would have called attention to that. Jesus was not saying, I'm gonna open my veins and you drink this blood. There are some mystical religions that deal with that. Jesus wasn't saying, here, I'm going to tear off a piece of my flesh and you eat that, chew it up. Jesus was saying, faith is compared to receiving inside of you, not just sitting here and admiring. 
Sometimes we can admire the person of Jesus. We can talk about how precious he is and how wonderful he is. But beloved, you do not receive Christ. You do not have life change until you eat the Son of God, till you drink the Son of God. That is, until you receive him into your life. Faith is compared to eating. You sit down at a beautiful dinner. I think one of my favorite meals is mashed potatoes and gravy and steak and fried chicken and and apple pie with ice cream on it and all that. And you sit there at that meal and you look at it and say, isn't this wonderful? Oh, isn't this delightful? What a wonderful meal. And you sit there and just watch it and look at it. How much do you enjoy it? How much does it mean to you? How much does it nourish you? You go to church and you say, oh, how wonderful Jesus is and how marvelous he is and look what he's done for others. But beloved, not until you let him come and live inside of you, not until you partake of him, not until you receive him, does he change your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Labor not for that which perisheth, but for that which endureth unto everlasting life. Sixthly, faith results in service. Sharing, not keeping. Somebody said, soul winning is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. And when you really get a good dose of Jesus Christ, you get a good meal of the Lord, and you really receive Him, you're not going to keep it quiet. Somebody isn't going to have to badger you to say, now you go out and tell others, because inside you're going to want to tell others. I think it's Billy Graham who says, 60% of the church today have never been born again. And that's the reason it's so hard to get people to go out and witness. Listen, if you have a hard time sharing what Jesus has done for you, check up on your salvation. Be sure you're born again. Because when Christ is inside of you, you want to share it. You want to tell others. Last of all, seventhly, faith brings satisfaction, not mere temporary relief, not merely a single meal. But notice in that story about the 5,000, there were 12 baskets full left over. And when Jesus is really in our life, we live from the overflow. Jesus said, don't labor for that which perisheth. Money, fame, pleasure, popularity, all of these things, oh, they have their place. Approval, we don't want people to hate us. But oh, listen, labor for that which will endure into eternal life. And what is that labor? What is that work? They ask him. They say, now, Lord, what is that work? You've told us to labor for that which does not perish. What is that work? And Jesus said, it's very simple. Believe. Believe. And the word here is not credo, but pistis in the Greek. Credo means believe with your mind, your head. You think those things are true. But pistis means put your whole weight on. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your trust in him. And when you do that, He saves completely. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Our Father, we thank you for the faith that is in Jesus Christ. We pray that somebody here today who has never received Christ will open his heart to Jesus and want him and receive him and go from this place liberated, free in Christ and on his way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand, please?
Let's sing, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. O Lamb of God, I come, I come to thee. And I want to ask you this. This is the appeal this morning. You've, you've come to this place in need. You have a need in your life, a spiritual need in your life. I ask you to come to Jesus, just as you are. Don't try to get better first. Don't try to fill your life with a lot of good things and say, well, I'll try this and this and I'll clean my life up and I'll start a whole bunch of good things. Just come like you are. Say, Lord Jesus, I want you to clean me up. I want you to change me. I want you to cleanse me. And I now, here and now, receive Christ. And I'm willing to repent of sin, put my faith in Christ. Would you do it? Would you do it today? God help you to do it. If your membership is somewhere else and God wants you at Glendale, you come. And as the Holy Spirit speaks to hearts, there may be somebody here who needs to have a deeper walk with Christ. Would you do that? While we begin to sing, is there somebody who will come for the King today? God help you to do it.